Are we here? Are we writing? Monty? Monty? Your mother. Yes. My mother beat your ass. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cocktail Social. I'm going to send it over to Miss Karen, but she got to unmute herself first. Miss Karen, keep driving. Well, Hi, I don't... can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Go ahead, girl. Get it. Get it, girl. I'm your fabulous feline. It's your favorite on KK. On the go, as usual, because a mom's got to do what a mom's got to goddamn do. Mm. Uh, Blue is not here today, or at least he's not here right now. We're missing a couple of socialites. I know that um, Mr. Gilmore is not going to make it tonight under the weather. Just keep in Send him a couple mm. of kisses or whatever. Drop him a line. Um, but I'm expecting somebody else to show up. But in the meantime, how are you, Mr. Kowzak? I'm doing great. I am doing just delicious. I like I'm delicious. This 70 degree weather, it did something to me today. Excuse me. Let me correct you, sir. It was 81 degrees, okay? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was by some water, so it was a little bit cooler. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Mother Nature. Mother Nature is playing with my feelings because tomorrow's supposed to be fifty-five degrees. I don't know how to feel. Yeah, that's crazy. I walked out the house today this morning. It was nine right. o'clock, and the sun was on my floor. Actually, it was eight o'clock. It was eight o'clock, and the sun was warm. It was kissing my skin. Mwah. Oh, I'm <laughs> kiss. Mm, yes, <laughs> kiss the skin. Um, that makes me wonder. I, you know, remember when um. Uh, What's her name? Tiffany Haddish went bald. Mm. I don't know. The, the sun on your skin, kissing your skin, it makes me um fantasize. It feels good. Things. I'm telling you. The fir- very it. first time I cut my hair bald, it was, such a, it was such a relief. Yo, look at this. A... She is on a horse. Do y'all see that? Who? Did, did y'all see that? Uh-uh. Black girl with Baltimore burgundy hair on a white horse. I love it. It was a real horse? A real live horse. Mm. Her, uh, her, her uncle got a um one of those uh parts. Yeah, them a rabbers, and she got that. Uh, she's like, "Let me borrow this horse, going granddad." Right, I'll be back. Um, uh, <laughs> let me hold something. <laughs> right, she just going down Baltimore Street, hair in the wind on a horse. That's her fantasy. Leave in the air. Oh, how has your week been? The week was okay. It was busy. Y'all remember I kept talking about that pure romance party that I was throwing? Mm. I keep trying to tell y'all y'all should rock with a girl because we had fun. Oh, we had fun. I've only ever been to I've been to two toy parties, but the second one I was um I was working, so I didn't really get to enjoy it. And the first one I ever did was for um, a girl I went to school with and she was kind of trying to get out the business. So she was trying to sell her supplies. And I was, a, I was weird. I invited my family to it. Mm. It was real weird. It's, I don't want to talk about the stuff that went on. It wasn't like an orgy, but it was oh. just weird to have most, it was in my home. Actually right. it was in my mother's home. Cause I was 
I think I was just, um, that was my first year of college. But it was pretty interesting. It was, I, at the time, I wanted to do it, but yeah. they wasn't, they weren't, it wasn't open to men to do the toy parties. It was only the women who were doing you know it why? at the time. You mm. know why? Because there still exists on the books in Maryland a law where if I show you any phallic item, I could be mm-hmm. arrested for prostitution. Oh, wow. Right, it would be Congress people to get that thing abolished, please. But it's it's whole strip clubs right next to the police department. Sir, I don't make the law. I just mm. follow. I, knew, I, is- I don't know if it's still, is it still the rule where you can't mix genders at the yeah, parties? You, you cannot. The only way I can, like, even in the showroom, like how we um, take people individually to take their orders. Mm-hmm. I still cannot show, even if you and your husband come back, I still cannot show him a phallic item. She, the wife, would have to show it to him. Mm. I cannot. That's yeah. dumb. So why are you allowing me to even have I, these parties? It is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but that is that is what, what it is. It's these suppressed, upside-ass white people that be governing our community. It was the, the old, super-colonial, super-religious that was You're fucking everything moving. <laughs> the same ones that was fucking everything that was moving created those laws. <laughs> it's crazy. Because they were really yeah, meant to control everybody else and not them. And the people but they you know were what I, It's so funny how you learn so much about people's attitudes through sex, or at least I've learned so many things about people's attitudes towards sex doing these things. Like, um, my host shared with me she invited a cousin of hers of a specific religion and, um, but they put out watch hours and this lady <laughs> told her that oh. it was against that, that it was against um, the it, that she basically couldn't have it that it wasn't that it was not biblically correct for her to have this party um and when my hostess challenged her saying show it to me in the bible the lady um of course did not produce scripture to support her argument and then proceeded to ask her well send me a plate and to which my hostess responded no because this is heathen food so (laughs) not send me a plate she she wanted an invitation that's what it was she didn't no, get she invited. Was invited. She was? She was in, no, she was invited. Oh. And that was her response. No, I can't come. And you shouldn't have this because this is not, you know, basically biblically correct. She didn't know who was going to be in attendance. That's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. She wanted to know who was going to be there. Yeah. She thought it might go on Facebook Live. She didn't want a picture on Facebook Live. That's what, what it was. What happens at my party, you know, Vegas rules apply at my party, honey. What happens mm. in the room stays in the room, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one of the things I remember is me, my my aunt's boyfriend at the time, and uh-huh. some other guy. I forgot the other guy. She had brought these um these uh tasty cakes, the okay. crumpets, and the ones with the jelly in the middle. And we had to we had to lick the jelly out of. That's why I said this was a weird ass party because these were family members. We had to lick the jelly out of the crumpet, crumpet, without damaging the crumpet. Oh, so you had to suck it out. Yeah. 
Well, you really had to lick it out. You had to really, well, yeah. Well, I didn't, at the time, I wasn't licking, yeah. Yeah, that's a great game. <laughs> uh, so I, I lost. I lost the game. I lost that that round. My uh, uncle won, won that game. I, it's okay. weird. At the things that we we are we are some broken black people. We was at a whole sex party with family members. I was. A, I host the one that I did. My mom and my aunt were there, and my yeah, mother my mom was, was there. there. I didn't want to say my mom was there, but my mother was there. Her cousins was there. My cousins was there. My aunt. My mom was there. She was at first. She was against it. She was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sit in the room while my daughter discusses sex and toys and things mm-hmm. like that. She Until the right game started, right? She could be Until right. Until the game started. Until that's how my, my aunt and my mother yeah. was. My, that's how my aunt my mother was. And I went to go stand out on the porch and came back into the living room. And them two, them two plans to put the condom on the banana game. I'm like, where does this go? Where does this, where, where, what's going on here? What, what is, that's a lot. Them two battling each, I'm like, bro, this is, this is sick on so many different levels. Yeah. But I'm, it'll come know, out on the book. Own. To each his own. I'm, I'm not doing that. Mm. Uh, no. I'm, well, I'm, not in a, I'm not only because I mean I I feel like everybody has their own thing. The reason why I don't do it is because um, I'm a person who doesn't believe in calling out your bedroom in public. If you well, are, am I meaning? Yeah, so, you, you were raised good. You were raised good. You're terrible. You had good but upbringing. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't believe in calling your bedroom out in public. So don't be doing all that, and don't be doing all that in front of my man and her man and your man too, or in front of. You but know, that's the thing, and, that, and now we have a new age singer. What's her name? Her or the other girl? Wait a minute, not her or the other girl. You talking about um that, that that's making it okay for everybody to swip and swap? Yeah, scissor making it to everybody swapping. Right, so I, I'm song, not. With... That song, I think that song is really sad. It is because she's she she's sad. You can have him on a week. I just want him on a weekend. She's she's settling. I'm okay to take second place. It's fine. I'll just take mm-hmm. a weekend. I mean, I think both of them are because they're communicating with each other the time of week that they prefer to have him. So I think it's said on all three of their behalves. And and probably it's probably about four or five of the people that they're sharing him with. So maybe while you got him on a weekend, do you got him in the morning or the evening? You know, Ooh, does your weekend good now? Right, does your weekend start on Fridays? Because somebody else got them on Fridays. Because I need you to understand that. And I'm not, I'm not with that sharing thing. Are there condoms in play? Because HPV is real and can lead to all kinds of cancers in your uterus. Well, I mean, I mean that cross their bridge when they get to it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because yeah. HPV can live in your mouth just like gonorrhea, syphilis, and chlamydia. I'm just saying. Oh my God, that takes me back to those pictures we got in sex ed class with the bumps and them. Oh um, um, that just made me. Oh no, I don't want to do that. That makes that that leads me to. Uh, I watched some snippets of. So let me let me just say, I have a, a bias against the National Geographic, uh, because they did a. What uh, they started doing these personal human stories. Okay. Outside of Animal Planet stories and documentaries and such, uh, and they did one of Lexington Market, and okay. it was around the same time as Freddie Gray, so that uh, the city was already on edge. And for this this to come out on Lexington Market, I had a problem with that. Like 
And it was built to be something else, but they made it about people getting high in Lexington Market. The drug really? trade. Right. Really? And there's a way to do stuff like that, but we in the midst of a whole civil war in our city. And you are adding to it how. So when they said this was coming out on the on that channel, I was really like, I'm not for it. Um, and then we can have somebody put the link. Can you put the link in the chat at some point? For the the story? Yeah. What for for the movie or for this show? Yeah, for the uh, movie or the uh, doc or the article or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll put that, in, yeah, I'll put that in there. But, uh, so when they said Aretha Franklin story was being done, I was like, oh, that's tacky. Uh, 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 no, I, I was already against it. Um, and then when they said who was playing Aretha, I was like, mm, okay, I, I see where y'all was going. She got the little chinky eyes, the little round face, the little cheeks. I get it, I get it. Um, I still didn't, I, you know, I think she could sing. And then they said she would. Her, she wouldn't be doing voiceover. She'll be singing at the stuff. Like, mm, I'm already side. Uh, and and uh, what's her name? Um, Ivero. Ev what's her name? Ooh, I can't even remember her name. Okay. But she, she acting wise, from the snippets that I've seen, she did a pretty good job uh, acting. Cause she's a good actor. She also played Celie on Broadway, which she was phenomenal in it. Okay. Um, so she's a great actress and she can she can actually sing, but anybody who would be adventurous enough to sing uh, Aretha's song, you bold. First of all, so I give you a props for being that bold, but baby, it didn't, mm -mm. it didn't, it didn't have the soul in it. Like, she probably was Presbyterian. Like, I, I don't know. Baby <laughs> Catholic. I don't know. But it was it definitely it. wasn't Pentecostal or Baptist <laughs> or Coltish. It wasn't any of those. Uh, you didn't feel church just, it did. It did. And I said that on my other uh, uh, radio show. And they was like, Nang, you're being nang. And, and no, I just feel like Sitting you got to have a little soul. So, yeah, that's her okay. name. But she, she did a pretty, I mean, she could sing. It was a good rendition. She got a little yang, yang, yang voice, but. It wasn't Aretha. So I would have preferred for her to do the same thing that um, they did in the Tina Turner story, even though Angela Bassett is not a singer. Right. But I would have rather heard her voice. And I wonder if they just couldn't get the rights. Well, they had they was able to sing the song, so they had the rights, but I would have preferred them have that. My, my ultimate issue was Aretha Franklin had already started the ball in motion to doing her own Broadway show. But when mm -hmm. she died, it got switched to being a movie, and they casted uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, well, she had already casted uh, Jennifer Hudson in it, and okay. then these white people just went right behind her and did what they always do. Want the momentum, all that free press that Jennifer Hudson was doing for that movie, and right. made that made their TV series out of it, and it was just. What if y'all would have just combined efforts? It would have been an awesome movie that she would have deserved to have. Mm. Like, but they just had to be sneaky and come in. And I just I think it's gonna undermine the approved version, but this I mean, do you know Aretha Franklin's story? You said you read a book. Yeah, I read the book. When I say 
Oh my god. Oh my god. The only the, one of the snippets that I saw, it was her revealing at the age of 12 that she was pregnant for the first time. Yeah. And the whole the is one little snippet. Grandma, my stomach hurt. <laughs> it just it gets me like it makes me giggle because it makes me uncomfortable that this is happening and we're seeing how this happened on a gospel circuit tour. She got yeah. pregnant. Not to say that these people aren't human too, but they were mostly adults on that tour. And she was the youngest thing on that tour. Mm -hmm. It said that she had a relationship with Sam Cooke mm -hmm. at 12. They down the street from one another. Oh my God, that's... Mm. They were neighbors. Mm-mm-mm. She was infatuated they with that man. And you can tell he touched her inappropriately. But that was just something that I guess wait, that went on at that time. Weren't they all the same age, though? No. Sam Cook was 23 when she was 12. Oh, Jesus. I was under the impression they were all the same age. No. They made it seem that way. You would have thought the way they talked about it, yeah, it was so book, normal. I was, I was mm -mm. He was like 22, 23 when she met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. But it, I guess, it says a lot about why a lot of our aunties and uncles are so screwed up because that's the life, the life that they led at that time. Um, turns, is that my screen, Marnie, or her? It's frozen. Okay, I was just making sure. <laughs> it's normally me, so I didn't know whether it was me or not. But yeah, it's that movie, Marnie, mm-mm. Oh. It is weird. There she go. Oh yeah. But I was I was saying like now we understand why a lot of our aunties mm -hmm. and moms and uncle even uncles are so screwed up because that's the life. Yeah. That's the culture that they came from. <laughs> Somebody want to talk to you. No, that was my um, Spotify. I just decided to arbitrarily kick in and give us some background music. But that's that was uh, now you know, and hearing stories like this, it it just you know, I, and I, I'm one of them people who love the color purple, who love you know the Tina Turner story. So we're seeing why many of our grandparents, our aunties, our great cousins are so screwed up. But because like, they walk through life unprotected. Not only that, it's so funny because my cousin and I, my cousin, is, she lives in California. We were having this um, conversation this morning about how we were exposed and had like a front row seat to a lot of mm -hmm. trauma. But mm -hmm. it was normalized to us that we didn't even realize what yep. we were in. Like yeah. I was, as strange as it may seem, um, you know how there are certain smells and sounds and things that like take you back to your childhood and it's almost comforting to you. Yeah. One of those things for me, and it is strange, but it's true, is the smell of a sweaty, drunk old man. Because that's what I grew up around as a kid. Like, you know, they were the boyfriends of my grandmother and her sisters and all of those things. And it sounds yeah. horrible bed like that but they were you know I, I was safe with them until I was not you know what I mean you you never that's, but that's that's it's weird though because you know 
we hear about the perfect stories where grandpa and grandma have been married for 70 years and my mom and dad been, but a lot of us did not have that story. So a lot of us saw grandma with a boyfriend, which sounds very strange. Like I grew up and my grandmother had a boyfriend who was abusive. So you know these things to be true. And it is you wonder, you know, you have family members where they beat the boyfriend up or they beat the person up or but then you have families where it's normal not to do anything. Yeah, the my grandmother's boyfriend, I only saw him sober maybe three times ever in my life. And it was like Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when he was sober, he was a very, very quiet, almost mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And- together for decades and when he died my grandmother was not even a byword in the obituary why because he was still married yeah. with children i've seen that i've seen that my grandmother was mentioned as a special friend in the obituary mm. but she had that man in his illness until he died you, you understand like this is the kind of stuff that we we see and is normalized in our communities but you know we just take it for what it is and the the surviving girlfriends and wives they make it personal like you had him all his life but guess who about to do this funeral i've seen that my mama, I ain't see that. I don't know. My grandmother was graceful. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying the other woman wasn't for her not to be mentioned in it. And you know, this is the person he was with. This yeah. adult life, and you don't. But it's it's is weird. Some of the stuff that movies like this are going to bring up and trigger in people. I, I I still can't get over the fact how they just went on with this little twelve year, thirteen year old girl. With a baby. And I've seen it. I personally have seen this story. Mm -hmm. But we normalize it. You know, one of my friends had gotten pregnant when she was, I think we were in middle school. Mm -hmm. And my mother said, we're not having a baby shower. Right. People can give you things that can help you, but we're not celebrating this. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever seen a mother put her foot down or a parent in general, because it was her mother and her father saying, we're not celebrating this. Right. You know, we're not, we're not going to make you get rid of this, but we're not celebrating this. So she didn't have a party. Her friends tried to sneak. Well, we tried to sneak and do something for it. And our parents shut that down. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's weird that, and we talk a lot, you know, I hear a lot of older people talking about these young people having babies and having sex. And this was this was part of life, and it's been a part of life. Nothing has changed. Yeah, the I only think actually these young people are doing things differently, though. You want to come home with me? Yeah, that's because now they do things openly. They do things boldly, whereas back in the day they would cover up your sin. They would cover yeah. it up, but they would cover it up. You know, you got pregnant at twelve. You got sent uh, upstate or down the country. Then you would come back and have a new little brother or sister. And but that, but you know, this move, this her story was different because her father was a prominent Baptist priest. I said priest, uh, pastor. And how do you hide that? He was taking her out on a road. How do you hide this? Well, you can't because she was on the road. Who he gonna send her to? 
he knew this little girl had a hangover and didn't do. I was like, that's the snippets that I was watching. I was like, just uh, -uh I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly, clearly, it was more to that story than what was being said. Anytime you telling me that in the movie it showed that her father was having relations with twelve year old girls himself, and he right. has has a hangover he clearly knows something about 12 year old girls having hangovers and it's okay with it because he had one hello and thank you and it, you know we both read the books but i read some other stories around it and saw a lot of interviews from other people and her story was that of you know they kept this pristine image that everybody knew was a falsehood like while her mother left her mother left because he had a whole relationship with a 12 year old Right. Who she forgave him for. She forgave him for that. Oh came God. back and he still was cheating on her. And her but mother just couldn't take it no more. And he wouldn't allow her to take the children with her. Huh. And he had children outside of that marriage. Like it was it was a it's a scene that one of the things that I saw was her discovering that uh she was pregnant with Arisa's younger sister. And she went to the store to go uh, pick up her her baby, uh, what you call it, the crib, and realized uh, Franklin's name was on two different cribs. That's how she realized it was another baby. Oh, my God. It was another baby, and it was a 12-year-old. She, she went to the home, and she saw them outside. And she saw the, the young lady come out the house and she had a pregnant. So her and this 12-year-old were pregnant at the same time. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, a lot of what we talk about, especially on this show, about the church and all the secrets. That's a sore spot for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but a lot of it in these situations, I don't. The reason I fight against it is because I'm a Christian. So I, I, I'm not perfect. I'm flawed. I've sinned, but I, I know that we often look at the messenger over the building, over the message, and sometimes that's not healthy. But these messengers, come on now, we we got the present day one, Jamal Bryant, that's out there just tossing it up. Ooh, I don't know if he still is, but we know he was when he was up in Park Heights. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing down in Atlanta, but we know Park Heights was hot Stop on that little it. corridor. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, everybody not lying. Everybody not lying, but... You know, it'll be a falsehood. Allegedly. I don't want Jamal Bryant to sue me. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. But I just... I, I just, you know, that, I mean, we would, you know, the idea of sexuality and what that means to somebody that's young, like, how do you get exposed at 12? And I'm wondering, was that her first time at 12? If that's the case, did somebody touch her before? Right. Right. Uh, I just. Right. Because at 12 years old, like. That autobiography on her, so she, so Dinah Washington was allegedly a friend of the family, but I think her and her dad was, her dad and her were fooling around too. 
And her boyfriend at the time ended up, and Aretha was younger than 12 at the time. Her boyfriend, Donna Washington's boyfriend, wound up being Aretha Franklin's first husband. Wait, what? Right. Who she was introduced to by Donna Washington. Donna Washington was like her surrogate mom or a good friend of the family. And her boyfriend at the time, who both of them were grown as people, like her parents, her dad's age, he ended up being Aretha Franklin's first husband. That's crazy as hell. I just can't, like, and we still don't know who that dad, who that dumb children's father is. You ain't never lied. That first child. She got the duo camera. She is. Hmm. So how did how does sexuality play a part in all of this? Like where does that as far as what you mean? Just what like the way it's passed down, like most black families, we don't talk about sex to our children. So they're then left to learn about sex from friends, from the neighborhood freak, from the person who hits on them as a child. I really think that it is according to, well, based on my experience, I'm going to say when I do my own two plus two equals jello and my own experiences, <laughs> I'm going to say it depends on the experience of the parents and the experience of the parents' parents, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because my mother was very, open talking to me and my brother about sex mm -hmm. she's very open and explaining to me about my body giving me clinical terms for my body mm -hmm. i mean of course she had pet names for body parts but when i learned about my body she used clinical terms this is your vagina this is just for you only people who should be touching your vagina is the doctor and mommy when she's washing you. Like I was young learning about my body. Mm. Um, you know, if anybody touches you in your vagina, then, you know, you need to tell mommy, you need to tell daddy, you need to tell grandma. Um, but outside of that, like as I'm growing, as I'm learning, she's teaching me different things along the way. And there was nothing that I could not tell my mother about. Right. Um even as I grew older and began to experiment with different things, I knew that I could come and tell my mother anything. But mm. I have friends who didn't know what they didn't know enough about their body to know that they had a yeast infection. You know what I mean? Like they thought that they were dying. They thought they had an STD because they had a yeast infection. They didn't know enough about their bodies to know that sometimes you may have discharged. Like, there are grown women out there who still don't know that you don't pee out of the same place that you have your menstrual cycle. There are, you know what I mean? Like there are women who, who just don't know because they weren't taught. And I'm, and I'm speaking as a guy uh, hmm. and I'm not that much behind you age wise. I didn't get those conversations. Yeah, you know, my my sexual experience was um walking in on my one of my various uncles having sex and that 
drawing my curiosity about what sex was mm-hmm. or um, having cable in my room. So that meant I could watch the Playboy channel because there was a moment where cable, you couldn't block certain channels. Mm-hmm. You know, and me being having a floor, I had, telling my age, I had a floor model color TV, that big box oh, that on the floor, and it had a cable box on it in my room. When I And this was like elementary school. So you were and, fully immersed in the, oh my God. So, so sex growing up, you know, now it's different, but growing up, sex was a taboo. It was something that you didn't talk about. You know, or, you know, when my mom got remarried to my stepdad, you know, finding his porns and watching it and just having this. I don't think I had a, a obsession to porn, but it was just so it it got so much. I took one to school one time and had people looking. Watching it. Yeah, we were watching it in the school. Like, and I could have been expelled. I could have been. This is a Catholic school, so I think right. oh yeah, yeah, hell and damnation yeah, against me. And you know, my and it, it was crazy because I think a part of me was trying to say, "Look, tell me something. Tell me what yeah, this he, is." You didn't know what it was. And even my, you know, the headmaster, the principal at the time, headmaster is the principal in Catholic right. schools. We're not talking about sex terms. It's fine. No, I got you. <laughs> the the headmaster not just taking the video from me, saying you can't get this back until your mother come up here. You know, you know, damn, I'm not telling my mother it's right. up here. So you might as well keep that, sir. <laughs> but even in that situation, not um, him not talking to me, and it wasn't until um, another young man in our school got in trouble for trying to buy condoms that in mm-hmm. middle school we had to have a sex this was middle school um not to say it, it matter but he got in trouble for it you know mm-hmm. the store owner told his grandfather and i guess the grandfather came to the school to get some help and my situation and his situation together caused us to have a sex ed class and like i think that was like the seventh grade seventh mm-hmm. or eighth grade and even with that, it was a lady who came to the school for sex ed, and she brought this phallus, this brown phallus. It was attached to this metal, big metal clunky thing, and it was just like, right. And the she, I remember her saying, "Sex when you have sex is not going to be about the moons and the stars. Uh, it's it's going to be a feeling, and it's going to mm-hmm. last for a certain period of time. It's going to go away, and then you do it again, and it's going." And the whole point of the sex ed class that time was for all of us to touch the penis. And that that sparked shame for me. Yeah. Like that made it more shameful because all of us were uncomfortable touching this other penis, this dildo right. basically. Right. And that was I don't I don't know if that was her angle or her telling us I'm I'm quite sure as an adult I can see now and all of y'all have one. Look, right. here's one, touch it. But it was yeah. uncomfortable because you are a woman right? and all of these men in this school didn't have the words to tell us. So right. they brought this black woman in to give us a sex ed talk. And mind you, this I went to school in the middle of Mount Vernon. <laughs> so walking to and from school, I'm watching dudes suck off other dudes. Yeah, um, come to, if, And I came to school really early. And we didn't leave school till almost seven o'clock. So it looked like this outside now, you know, so you would see all types of things going on. 
So just imagine mm-hmm. all of that going on. Right. And I didn't get that conversation at home. So sex was something that I had to learn on the fly. On the fly, the hard way. And see, for me, it was, I don't know, my experience is so weird only because I I told my son this actually last night. Like, for me, it feels like I've always known two things. I've always known what weed and sex was. Right. From very, very little, only because I, I'm, I'm a child sex trauma survivor. So, like, I had that experience. So it just seems like I've always known weed and sex. Um, but even still, I just have this open-mindedness towards sex. But you were given that though. You were you were given that that comfortability, and you you walked in it. Some some people just don't walk in it. Some yeah. people aren't given that. Yeah, you know, I think a lot. I think my whole I, and I, you know, we jokingly talked about our sexual first sexual experience, and yeah. I told mine. Yeah, and you know, it was it was uncomfortable. It was very oh, yeah. uncomfortable. And within that uh, same year, I was molested. So the oh, experience wow. of being pressured into it and, and then right before that, being forced to do it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know, and it's not to blame my mom because my mom can only give me what she was. What she had, sure. And my grandmother had 11 children. So oh, yeah. did she yeah. really know about same sex or body con? You know, but so it, it I think, you know, I'm, I'm very gracious when I meet parents like you who have had the experience themselves, but then they give their child the experience. Yeah. Because I know people who have gotten the experience and are still stuck in the embarrassment part of it or the shame of it and don't give it to their children. So some grown ass person is giving your child their hands on sex experience. Yeah. And I'm I feel like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because I mm-hmm. I give it to my son as freely as it was given to me and he don't want it. And I think it's just because I'm a female and he's a male. Well, somebody, and somebody he's just paid like, the price for that. No, he's like, no, don't. Like, that's weird. But then again. But, but give it to him regardless. Oh, yeah. How, at some point when he start, well, your child well, is he, much he's older, 20, right? He's 22 yeah, now. Yeah. But at but the I, time, I he wasn't here for it. I tell parents when you start seeing stuff growing, put the condoms on the table. Oh no! Because you don't that. want you don't want a child or diseases. Yeah, coming I think in it, that door. I think you should start as young as kindergarten. And when I say as young as kindergarten, of course you have to taper it to the child's age and their understanding, mm-hmm. like where babies come from. Babies don't come from a store. Babies come from a mommy and a daddy. And that and is you can't truth. even dumb it down because I was in elementary school when I first found those poems. So I saw sex. And I, I know I was saw it, but your brain would not have been ready for the true scientific mechanics of it. I'm I'm telling you, we many people grow up according to their age, and some people don't. And I just wasn't well, that true. One. Some some and, and, and some ages. I remember. At this point, I knew what You're sex right. was, and I had a friend who came to school, and he was, you know, weird, and he was talking about when he pee, white stuff come out, and I was like, knowing at this point, knowing what the hell going on, mm. and me and my other friend, we knew like we were, we would, 
he would give me his stepdad tape and I would give him my stepdad tape. And we, so we knew, so we knew either somebody was touching him or he had seen something. Right. Because we were in, we was in elementary school. So if you got white stuff coming out, even something medically wrong with you, or you watching white stuff come out of somebody else. Right. And you don't really know what you're talking about. So I know that level of ignorance, but still the ignorance level of children does not negate what they've actually seen. Right. I'm in, I'm their inability my to experience. express what they're seeing. Yeah, right. I don't have the vocabulary or the understanding of even the, even if I have the vocabulary, but that doesn't negate what I've actually seen. True. And I think some parents, well, they don't know because it, it happened. My, I was, I never get. I was in the team. I was in the room. My great grandmother was sitting in the living room with me, but she had dozed off, and I didn't. Re- I, we had one of those shotgun homes. Yeah. So the living room, you can see directly into down the hallway to the living room. Mm-hmm. And she, I guess my mother and her friends were seeing the TV. And I didn't, I just didn't think anybody was paying attention. And I was flicking through the channel. And I, like I said, the Playboy channel was a channel. Right. And I stopped. And when my mother, I heard my mother's voice, I clicked the channel. She said, no, turn it back. Mm-hmm. And she made me watch it oh, in wow. front of my great grandmother, in oh. front of her friend, in front of her. And it it took a bit of it took the shame out of or the sneakiness out of it rather. Mm-hmm. But I, I then I had to just become very covert about it. Like I can't watch this stuff. So that's why now when y'all talk about watching porn, I did that. It's it doesn't you entice me. Right. It doesn't it's, I've done that. I you know, and you know, Playboy was so watered down. But compared to what still, they got out here now. Right. But compared to me being seven, eight, nine watching it, like it that was something like hey, Tamika, I thought that's what sex was. Yeah, Tamika says she cannot recall having conversations about the mm-hmm. pleasure of sex. Nope. And that's one of the um things that we talked about at the party is that so many mm-hmm. people, specifically women, um don't get to experience orgasm from sex. And mm-hmm. she said, I feel like older generations made sex a taboo. They really did. And one of the, especially about the pleasure of sex, everything was no, don't do it. From out of the older generation, I'll say, especially like, I'm a, even my mom, like as open as my mother was, like she didn't, the talks weren't about the pleasures of sex. It was mm-hmm. just, this is what sex is. This is the context in which sex should be held. You should wait. She never said mm-hmm. wait until marriage. I didn't know what I was waiting yeah, I for, but I was just supposed to wait. Was it Point a feeling? Point. Was it an age? What is, was it? A, you didn't know. And you wait the, because you're mm-hmm. not ready. Wait until you're ready. Yeah. But when I was ready and I came and told her I was ready, no, you're not ready yet. Yeah. And is I that, you know, parents and, and both of us, Agree, our parents were good moms or good parents. I would say, but so. it, but you still got more information than I did. But mm-hmm. look, your mom was still doing that thing that mothers do, giving you enough so you can get by in that moment because they don't want to let you go, yeah. not realizing you're gonna go regardless. You're gonna go regardless. I wish. So I am because of the type of person that I am and the type of parent that I am. Uh-huh. I wanted my son to have every opportunity to f- experience the pleasures of sex and do it safely. 
Yeah. I gave him personal lubricant mm. for himself. He rejected it. Basically, mom, you weigh you weigh up in my applesauce. Don't do that type of thing. Mm-hmm. When my niece turned 18, I gave her a vibrator because mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, you're 18, you're still a virgin. You may not be ready to go there yet, but you might be having sensations. So here you go. I want you to explore what makes you feel good. So you don't have to be thirsty chasing after no dude for him to tell you what makes you feel good. You can't be, I feel like you can't, you can't depend on someone else to tell you what makes you feel good. You need to be able to communicate to someone else how to pleasure you. Yeah. How to, how to pleasure you. If I don't know what makes me feel good, how can I tell you what makes me feel good? And I'm, and I'm saying to you, and you know, I'm sure you've heard this from Blue and from uh, Jonathan and other men in your life. A lot of us guys grew up the same way, not knowing what what feel what feels good. And just because you get uh you come don't mean you've had an orgasm. Right. Because for a guy at a certain age, you That's could just, just an autonomic response. Right. You could just it could rub up against your jeans and yeah. sploosh. <laughs> right. And it's it's not and and it took me years to be comfortable to even speak about sex yeah. publicly because I did not have the verbiage. Yeah. I just know what I saw. So my my attack on sex was what I saw. Yeah. And living up to a porn, which is the problem of a lot oh, of, gosh, I believe, yeah. a lot of people in general now, because women have this high standard based on what these porn stars are doing. And then guys feel the pressure so. to be able to live up I mean, put a mo because porns have turned into music videos. So now I gotta give you that same feel. It's it's beyond just a feeling. There's a lot of technical aspects to it. But I, I disagree. And Tamika, I want you to chime in on this too. Uh-huh. Like I disagree that um we women want you to live up to porn star status only because No, no I meant in terms of personal lives. Like men are looking at the men. And women are looking at the woman, and we both trying to live up to that standard. That if you don't have the information, oh, oh, trying oh. to live up to what that is for you personally, oh, not yeah. what the other person is giving you. Because I think to a certain degree, you know that whole I want an anaconda until you get an anaconda. You like, oh, this isn't though. This is <laughs> nice to look at, but but yeah. but we we have these false representation of what is real. And and it's not we are doing our children a disjustice with us not being educated ourselves, yeah. with us not knowing, with us being ashamed to talk to children about it. It's just I, I'll, I'll never forget <clears throat> one time I did a summer camp, and one of my campers, he was probably like seventeen. Uh, the camp was over for today for that day. And he came back. He came knocking on the door. I went to go open up the door. I'm like, what, you forgot something? And he came in and begrudgingly, he basically told me he was on fire down there. So oh for God. me, as a dude who hadn't had an STD, I'm like, maybe you just got some soap in it. So I gave him a cup. I said, go fill this up with some water, pee in it, and then we go from that point. So he was like, well, it feel better, but it's still on fire. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so what is what's being ignorant? What's what's the problem? He said, I think I may, you know, oh got something. God. This is a 17 year old, and I probably was like just before 30, I probably like 27, 28 at oh. the time. So him giving me information, right? And then me having to then go to 15, 15 with him because he was uncomfortable talking to his mother. Yeah. And then later on, man, his mom had a confrontation. And in the back of my mind, I'm saying, your son talked to me about shit he won't talk to you about. And this boy just met me through youth works. Right. He just met me. Right. And he's not comfortable talking to you yeah. about shit that's going on with him. And it, it's embarrassing, but it made me think about, you know, that's why when we as Black people separate ourselves based on being without our, our uh, orientation is or our gender is i think it's crazy because many of us grow up with the same level of ignorance i just got an audi and you got an in and that's it like and that sounds very juvenile but at, at the base form of it that's what it is but it's so many ignorance that lead to so much trouble yeah, Tamika said we do have, oh, yeah. she said we do have false expectations, especially if you are a directed porn watcher. I'll, I'll agree. Um, I had a conversation the other day where um mm. I was trying to explain how um we were talking about the whole how grown women do, still don't know their bodies as far yeah. as being able to achieve orgasms. Mm-hmm. And I had to explain that um because um, I was talking to a male and they were saying how, you know, well, men, we know our bodies. We know how to make ourselves come. And I'm like, you have to understand that from the time we start having sex, especially if we start having sex young, a woman's ability to achieve orgasm is subject to the partner that they're with is subject to their ability to control their own orgasm. So if y'all come first, our ability to achieve orgasm is just done. Like, and 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 that's a lie because know, yeah. men don't know their body. Because if men right. were in tune with their bodies, they would understand when their sex partner is in pain or not receiving pleasure. Because right. that that makes you in tune with what you're doing. A man just feels what he feels, right. and he's just trying to get that. You know, most guys don't even. There's this mythical thing. My uncle used to tell me, you know, you better figure out what your number is so you know how to stroke please. number. Right. right, so you know how to please them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, why the fuck I get to my number? And he yeah. was like, how many times it takes to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop? Right. And I was like, what the hell are you talking? Now I'm looking at the commercial confused as hell. Because yeah. now I'm equating this commercial with sex. Because I he just told me information that is understandable. It's good information. But how it pertains to me, you don't, if you don't know your body and you yeah. claim you do, you're not in tune with, with your partner. So I'm just having sex. That's why right. most guys come first because right. they're not really into or your best sexual partner paid attention to you. That's that's normally what equates. Yeah. It's normally the, the dumb nigga, but so hey, he, it he, happens. You got you 16 years old. All you know is it's wet and it's warm and it's good. And yeah. she's 16 and she don't know like right. what it's gonna take to make her come. Like she, she's not masturbating. She don't know what's good. All she knows mm-hmm. is dude is here, and then boom, it's over. And she just barely getting into the motions. And you go through life trying to figure it out. Like, 
I just feel like if you don't and know either your body, one of y'all have the information for right. the other person. So right. both and of y'all it, going through doing things that's not really pleasing to you because right. at some point a guy realizes I can get my own nut. I don't really right. need you. I like the way that feels, but and for most women, unless you got a guy who is experienced enough, patient enough, and giving enough to say, wait a minute. I want you to get yours first or is giving enough to like wait for you to get yours. Then, But she has to be strong enough. The woman has to be strong enough to say, no, that don't feel good. But wait a minute. Get up off of me. In a, per- in a perfect world, the woman who says that has to have a partner who is strong enough to take it because the male ego is like fine China. Well, he got to break it. It's glue out there. It can, he can put pieces out back together. But women got to stop thinking about that. If it don't feel good to you, stop. You know, saying, wait a minute, wait. Now, it it may not necessarily hurt, but sometimes go, wait a minute, hold on, slow down, or not that here, or why don't you start here first? Some women don't know they need that one, or the ones that do know it may end up with a partner that's just not willing to to listen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's a combination of a whole bunch of things. And sometimes it just takes a perfect storm to get you where you need to be. But Or, you know, that's why you have a lot of, you know, people in their 50s, 60s and 70s feeling like they're living their best life because they've gone through all of these mm-hmm. emotional roller coaster moments and they have an understanding about self. That's why when you look at somebody at that age, it's just like nothing can phase them because they've been through it. Either they're going to stay stuck in their ways or they're going to ultimately change. And that, you know, I don't want to be 70 still trying to get it. And yeah. I, this pandemic has really forced me to pause and get rid of a lot of those things that I was carrying, like, you know, sexual identity and not even sexual preference or your origin, yeah. but just sexual identity in terms of what I like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm comfortable with talking yeah. about. Because it literally, I, it was a moment where we grew up. We grew up having these... Con- Am I still frozen? No, you're not. You're fine. It, we grew up having these conversations, you know, and I was always uncomfortable having them. And it was just, you know, it was based on because it was never anything a roadmap. Because your son may be uncomfortable now, mm-hmm. but I'm, I can almost with certainty tell you he is passing that information along when he's having conversations. I'm telling you. Uh, and and yeah. it's, it may be, and it would have, it would have, I would have just exploded into a million pieces if my mother would have said anything resembling sex. Well, but one thing it would have given me so much to go off of. Well, one thing I can say that I'm proud but, of him for, and I hope that he's not too embarrassed if he's watching that I'm going to say this, is that I always came to him. I always came to him. But when it was time for him to crossed that threshold into, you know, losing his virginity. He didn't come to me, but he knew that information mm-hmm. was out there. Information was free. So he went and purchased the book mm-hmm. for all you gentlemen out there. This is the best thing you can do. The name of the book was called She mm-hmm. Comes First. He went and got, he went and got mm-hmm. learned. He went and got learned. Oh, he did come to you. He did come to you. Because you had already given him the pieces. Yeah. 
And you, you, and that's the you know, as the children grow older, you have to give them that that space to be able to take the options that you've given them with their instincts, so they can then make choices. Yeah. But parents try to make the choices for their children, oh, or man. just throw them out there with no resources. But you had given him the information. Mm-hmm. You don't think he was reading, like sneaking in and reading some of those books that you give out at your parties, or some of the information you may use for your your business? Like children, dude, I know I did it, but I did it backwards. I just was going through like the. You know, the tapes, like, oh, let me look at this tape. Let me, I had gotten so good. I knew how to fast forward and rewind before it was a function on the, like, I knew how to do it because I had to leave it the way I found it. But it just becomes, you. but but it's just the ignorance that we grow up with and we adapt ourselves. Even in ignorance, we are growing an ideal. So we grow up with information that may be false. Yeah, you know, if I don't went by what my friend said to me that time about white stuff coming out, like I would have been, but I had a little reference point of what the white stuff was, Mm -hmm. and like, dude, dude, you ain't got no white stuff. What what man you been messing with, little boy? That's that's funny. Or what man you been watching? Yeah, right. So it, I, I just, you know, many of us. Especially, and I think young men grow up with a curiosity more, mm-hmm. but it's an urge and you just want to, it's, it's not even about seeing, like, somebody I was dating was like, he, I, I, I may be a voyeur because I just okay. like watching. And for me, I, it's because I didn't have the information. Because, you know, these, these movies that you learn as an adult, these movies are not real. There's a fluffer somewhere, yeah, you know. It's so everybody got a cut, job. Paste. Right. Everybody they are cut and sliced together. Ain't nobody having sex with no hour and a half straight unless you own one. Wow. But we yeah. learn like it's ways to achieve that. Yeah. But you ain't going, you ain't going to work tomorrow when you so, do that. So let me ask you this. Okay. It so ain't now you said Not that now time. you're starting to broaden your mind as far as the things that you like or whatever. Like, what are some things that you have, you don't have to say whether or not you like it or not, but what are some things that you have maybe been exposed <laughs> to or that somebody has made mention of that you, maybe your attitude toward that thing has changed now that you know more about it or now that you have been introduced to it? You don't necessarily have to have been uh, oral participating. I, I told you, my, my first experience with a vagina in my face was horrible. Yes. It was it horrible. Sounds, it sounds traumatic. It was hard. And, you know, some little girls who aren't taught how to wipe themselves don't smell good. Yeah. So imagine Brown the men here. out here who don't like giving oral sex. Is because they may have run into that young lady, and that definitely was me. Okay. Mm-mm. You smell like shit. I didn't even smell it. Oh, you gonna smell like shit. Mm-mm. You don't wipe yourself good enough. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. And that and that that was, you know, and even what pleasure was, you know, mm-hmm. because I said in middle school we got the sex ed talk, but I had already been watching porn up until that point. Mm-hmm. So, Miss, what are you? What are you really saying? And I got into trouble for raising my hand. Like, Miss, can you just tell us the truth? Because all this technical stuff is—it's going over my head, and the rest of us are falling asleep. So, 
And she she came out and she's like, how do you know so much? And yeah. I couldn't just say it. Right. But the, the headmaster was right there who took the movie from me. So he right. knew, oh, this boy. Mm. And then the other boy in my class, he had the sex. So we already, yeah. we know what we do. Miss, do you let, know? Let you tell it. Right. Like, exactly. Like, because I could have gave a much better class at that point <laughs> than she was giving. Be like, she was and somebody's then black mother. you turn around and bend her over and you stick but, it up her butt. Right, but, but the information she was given with the raw knowledge that I had would have made sense. And I think would have helped a lot of, I'm not yeah. saying sit down and watch a porn with your child, no. but I'm saying your child is going to get that information one way or another. Unless yeah. you have a, a, if you're, you know, people don't have porn anymore, like porn tapes anymore. But yeah. if your child is using the same computer as you, they will stumble across something you watch. Yeah, Tula so now said, my, yeah, Tula said her daughter used to hate it when she tried to give her information about sex, but she she gave it in. Anyway. Not hate it. You had to. I told Corey about. I told him three different times about how. Time to take care of this. Okay. It, it, but at the same time, people, your child hated Brussels sprouts, but then you make them eat it. What happened? Child, your child what? hated certain things. Your child hated wearing certain things. But you still made them wear them Easter shoes. Yeah. You didn't you didn't change your you may have changed your approach, but the information still came out the same way. You still it, gave it to them. Yeah. So I didn't like eating black eyed peas. And I sit at that table on many nights. Looking sad. Looking stale and, and having to smush down some cold black eyed peas. Because I wasn't getting up until they were finished. Right. We 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 do that with our children with superficial things, but things that will matter to them, like their sexual education is very important because you don't want some grown man oh and then we're learning a grown ass woman giving your child the wrong information. Oh, like or like you get pregnant from eating chicken. Yeah. She says you know, her daughter is older and she comes to her when she has questions. So you have to open the door so they can walk through when they get ready precisely. And don't don't push it on them. But, you know, when you see them getting uncomfortable, say this enough for the day. We'll come back to this yeah. and actually come back and get because then that creates a dialogue. And mm-hmm. like you said, when he first, you know, wanted to learn more, he went and got a book. Yeah. Well, you had opened that door for him. So if something in that book didn't sound right or somebody had did something to him, just know he probably would, in most cases, would have came yeah. to you and your yeah. child would have came to you. And one of the things that I don't like is how we treat our young men differently than our young women when we talk about this. You know, oh, yeah. we have to stop teaching our young men that sex is a conquest, that is a victory. Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. And we like, have to stop treating our women as if this is just this is filthy. Incense and shade, same experience, and it's not, baby. This is how life can teach men that sex is a conquest. Mm -hmm. We teach women that it is this mysterious thing, that it is um, a duty, it is a chore, um, that your sexuality is something to cling to and hold tightly like a treasure. And I'm not, I'm not saying it like it is not because you're, you're, um. Basically, you shouldn't be giving yourself away like free tickets to but the movie. But you've given both of them separate information. 
you're giving it two different ways, I'll say. You, you should teach both that your body is sacred and that mm-hmm. it should be cherished. However, not you should say, hey, grandson, so how's your love life? How many women you got? And you shouldn't say to your granddaughter, now granddaughter, hey, you, listen, not be. you leave them boys alone. You need to focus on your education. That's wrong. So now that woman becomes a challenge to that man. And we can get into the whole like same sex because even in the same sex community, it's still the same hangups. You still have the same level of inexperience or uh, information that's not false. But across the board, if you don't have the answers, if you don't have the verbiage, I need your old ass to get on YouTube or somewhere and get the information to be able to tell your children because we are giving our children cell phones at the dumbest youngest ages. Oh my god. And not thinking that they can go and find things. I'm gonna tell you, I started before we had we had a computer in our house, but it was always in the family room. Mm-hmm. or in my mother's room. So I, whenever, I could use it whenever I wanted to, but I had to use it always in and front of everybody. Mm-hmm. What happened to me as a teenager, I got web TV. That mm-hmm. means it was personally in my room. Yeah. I, I talk it. about having an AOL account. I have an mm-hmm. AOL account because I was in those AOL chat rooms. Yes. Oh, you, oh, you got it all. And so you, you- these are grown-ass people in this room. Yeah, you know, somebody showed my showed my six year old when he was six years old. Somebody showed him two girls, one cup. Mm, no. I was livid. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I have evolved to a place where I'm open to all brands of kink. Whatever peanut butter is your jelly, I'm here for it. I may not be down. I'm sorry, baby. I got That's Yeah, I may not, I may not be down for it. You know, like I said. You cannot piss on me, but I will gladly piss on you, and that ends the night for us both. But mm. to show my six-year-old, my, my innocent baby, that mm-hmm. you know, you that's why I said. So imagine him seeing that at six. So the right. information that you're giving him is real cotton candy. He looking at you like, "Ma, I just saw these two ladies shit in the car." Right. What like, else you got? He might not. Ne- right. It, it could have turned him one way or the other because mm-hmm. I know I saw some. He always oh, shit no people. Please don't be shit no people, baby. Please don't. Please, please don't do it. it is, even if they want it, don't do it. That ain't the woman yeah. for you. That's not the, that's not the move. You know what I mean? But you just gotta be. You gotta be careful. That ain't the one for you, baby. Yeah, no. Like I mean, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let me think. What's a, a thing that I've become more open to? Here lately in my old age. Um, mm. I'm gonna I, say I'm gonna say pegging. Like I'm not interested. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I do not wanna peg a man. Um, that's not something is it I, is it is it a curiosity at any even, level? I'm not even I'm not curious about it because I understand it. Um, uh-huh. but I'm just I've gained an understanding of it without judgment. Like before, I'm like, oh my gosh, why would you know why don't that make him gay? No, it doesn't make him gay. It just, you're just not, you're just not at that point yet. I, I, I have no interest in pegging a gentleman at all. Okay. I okay. understand that it's all it is basically is an internal prostate massage. Like, if he gets so off one levels of taboo, the, the, the hood taboo is, is where you your understanding is now. 
What do you mean? So, hood table? so like, you know, there's taboo, mm -hmm. but then there's like hood taboo, like pegging. Like that's, I think that's on a level of hood taboo right now because people now, men are not willing to admit that there's a pleasure, it, it, pleasure in it. Like you mean, like for a long time, men wouldn't admit that they like getting their assholes ate. Yeah, but now yeah. men's like shit. <laughs> it's still, it's still. I still have straight friends who still be. I can tell in their eyes they've never had it before, or they've been told how it felt and they want it. And I, I, I know they still made guys who did not get their assholes licked. Yeah, they still. It's a certain. Age oh, they late. Group. Right, that's how I said. It's, the a, party then. it's a certain age group that's it's like a little window where when you're young, you're like, okay, I can do that. But it's a certain age group in like that mid 30 to like mid 40s that's like, uh, maybe if the right that. person come in my life, I might do this shit, but I ain't gonna talk about this shit. I don't but, know them because them mid 40s, yeah. uh, early 50s, they down the clown all the way. Well, that's because a lot of them are talking to them 20 somethings, they, or they oh, talk shit. to a 20 okay. something who to turn them out. Or that's the one that, that dates the stripper or dates the, you know, um, the hot Salad girl. tossing. Some of them will do digital penetration. Oh, well, oh with the finger. Um, some, oh, no. dudes, some dudes will let you use a vibrator on a gooch. Okay. Um, okay. So things that used to be hood taboo, Ain't so hood taboo no more like they yeah. used to be. No, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. on those levels, mm -hmm. you have more understanding now than before. Because even even if you've been sexually free or in terms of sex or sexuality, people still had hangups. Like yeah, people do. Men aren't um, men, you your pleasure is there. And that's it. For men. I, I I remember a moment where, you know, a dude getting his nipples. Like, that's some gay shit. That's some gay shit. Now, you people are expressing that this makes me feel good. This yeah. makes me feel like it tingles. And I like this. But, but a what lot is of that people. About for men? Uh, it's it's it all that... attached to your manhood. And it's, it's, it's a false narrative that many of us were shown and given that. You're frozen. I can hear you, but you're frozen. Am I frozen? Can you yeah. hear me now? I can. Yeah, I can hear you, but you're frozen. Okay, I'll just keep talking. But okay. it's it's just a it's just attached to our manhood, and it's a sad thing that many of us are are still in that. And I see and, a lot of men who want to be out of it who can't. So that your masculine, so you cannot be masculine if you have feelings of any kind, whether they are pleasure or sadness. Yeah. Dudes are allowed to feel angry, and that's it. And cool. Oh shit, that's too much. That's too much pressure on a dude. So like, for I me to be like, yay, <laughs> it's a dude that's been able to cross over that is allowed to do that. Just you know, let's do something as simple as wearing skinny jeans. Until Lil Wayne and them started doing it, and it became a drug dealer thing. These men wasn't wearing clothes that was fitted. And it's 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 weird. Men are such a group think gender. It's sad. 
You know, you know a lot of that is attached to how we were raised and the things that we said. Putting on chapstick. I've heard women say, "Man who wear chap who put chapstick on, he better put that shit on his finger first. Like what? Men who men who take baths, men who put on lotion, like shit, like. And then you look and see this nigga always ashy. Well, somebody oh. told him it was gay for him to put a little jerkies on his elbow, a little that shape butter around his ankle. Like somebody told him he was gay. That and gay has so been turned sad. into such a it's a weaponized word. Weaponized word that it's not that makes me so sad. A man can't enjoy supple skin. There were things that naturally that I like. So when I when I started hanging around hood individuals, I was a weirdo. Because at mm-hmm. a young age, my mother would go to Mondome and get her, her feet done. And one day, the little Asian lady ain't had nothing to do. They was empty. She said, let me do your feet. And every day, every time my mother would go, she would take me and a little Asian lady. If she wasn't busy, she would do my feet too. So as an adult male, I started getting my feet done. Yeah. And it was normal for me. And it was my mother didn't say anything uncomfortable about it or nobody. But people in the salon would look. So but as I became a man, they still look like I see them side eyeing me in the chair, and I just say, "Hey, how you doing?" Just to yeah. break the tension, you know. You want your man to have soft feet so he ain't fucking up your sheets or your legs in the middle. I mean, you better talk about it. But <laughs> so he ain't got to get in your bed with socks on. Yeah, and all that huff. But that them socks, you got to take them off because that sock he go from he his feet are wet and then. He put them in That's the side. Athlete's foot. Ugh. That's athlete's foot and that husk. That's where that, that mm. hard ass heel come from. Mm. But again, we are we are taught to be real linear in what we are able to enjoy. But you know what? You you make a valid point when you talk about like that you either angry or you cool. Yeah. And it it brings to mind the fact that to me, wow, you just pulled something out like. I think a black man's smile is a gift. Mm-hmm. You you know what I mean? Like I think it is such a wonderful thing to me. And you to pause see black, when you see it because it's yeah, not nice. to see a black man smile. Oh my gosh! Don't get a black man to smile and like get a belly laugh, like a yeah. <laughs> you know one mm-hmm. of them throw your head back and laugh. Mm-hmm. That is a gift. And That's now that when, you mention it, it's because you don't see men it. like that. They want to be friends with that person. Maybe not want to be with him, but because that's not a norm. That's not a norm in male-female relationships where you get a man who can, you know, be comfortable with themselves. It's, It's, you know, even for me, I've always... And I'll say this a lot. Most of my friends have always been women for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I understand what it is. But got, even when it comes to straight men, it's uncomfortable. So when they find a friend, they got a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's why normally you don't see many men break off from their friends until they get a relationship. And that woman requires that. Mm-hmm. But when they have a friend, that's their friend. Because it's hard for them to relate and be comfortable in their skin. Like, I don't like that. That a woman, a woman causes a man to break off from his friends. That shouldn't. Does that happen? She for doesn't real? want him to be with single people or anybody that would, uh, in her mind, and and this is this conversation, bring him away from her. Like she, 
or bring other women around or that means she it's ain't got her life but anyway yeah, it's just an insecurity that's based conversation. on what she right. that's but a whole just, conversation you know and, and I've been waiting to have a conversation like this because sexuality is such a big part of all of our lives like I yeah. know a lot of us who have been doing what we're supposed to be doing in this pandemic there were plenty of moments where we've been like the mailman can get it the Amazon <laughs> person can get it the you on the edge of the chair like oh yes couch right. yes couch <laughs> <laughs> right and and we we deny it so much but many of us are not comfortable talking about it yeah. and i specifically know i teach elementary school and mm-hmm. they are some hot ass individuals in that school you talking you know, to teachers the parents or the students no i'm talking about the children oh my god I'm talking about, we, we thought well, just middle school and high school, uh, but elementary school, these children yeah. have walked in on stuff. They've yeah, because their parents are, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, movies have sex in it, like real yeah. sex. And it's, it's not shows, like it was when we were little. Like, yeah, you, know, where was you, remember the movie, you remember the movie Purple Rain? Mm. Okay, I remember they had that one little scene. That's nothing compared to what we see. My mother used to cover my eyes whenever that scene was on or would make me leave the room completely. Mm -hmm. Parents don't do that no more. Mm -hmm. No. If the movie was rated R, I couldn't watch it. But see, now everything is such a blurred line. And I just remember, and and, you know, as much as my mother didn't give me, my mother... I think because I was a boy and my mother had six brothers, he go he will figure it out. Mm-hmm. But even having six uncles, like on both sides, I had three uncles on this side and six uncles on this side. Like nobody ever said, "Hey, this is what it's gonna be." Mm-hmm. I just would, and I purposely would walk in when they was having sex. I knew when I saw the little lady, you know, drift in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, give them about twenty minutes, and then I'm gonna walk in. Gonna be. Right. <laughs> So, but so that curious, I always been curious, and I think a lot of young men are curious, but you have to guide curiosity. You do to not let curiosity just run free because not every young man is capable of freely being open and exploring because right. curiosity will lead you to places that maybe what you're mm-hmm. talking about, it's about not, honey, and that's men and women, it. but. I think we need to start paying a little bit more attention while paying attention to our young ladies and having them in the same room having conversation. I just went to all boys school, so that's why sex ed was always a bunch of boys in a room. But Mm -hmm. I knew what these boys were doing in the locker room to each other. I knew what they were talking about with each other. You know, I stopped doing wrestling because it turned into this way of this aggression for some of these people to get it out of their system. And oh, I'm wow. like, Mm-mm, no, yeah, I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing. We're not doing that. Mm-mm, I'm done. Let me go back over yeah. to the theater department. I know that's right. <laughs> but it, you know, I, I really think, you know, I'm always very curious as to how parents talk to their children, especially mm-hmm. their male children, about sex. But this Arisa movie and her story is is making me because no, I don't. They were they were. Parts in, in parts of the book where she talked, well, people interviewed, talk about her experiences, you know, when people talk to her, you know, about 
certain things, but nobody probably ever talked to that girl about sex. I mean, but that's just like in the color purple. It was like in the color purple, um, Celie described sex as he got on top of me and did his business. Did his business. Because I fought her stepfather, or the man who she thought was her father did the same thing. So right. just understand the lineage of that. Yeah. So that's all sex was sex was was a baby making tool. Yeah. And that's how I'm, some People look at it. Look at it like that. I'm I'm here for the pleasure, honey. I'm trying to tell you, I'm here for you to get yours 110. percent Like but I'm you gotta get to yours as well. Yeah, I'm trying to pursue certification so that I can coach people to finding their happy place all over the place, honey. But so, that's yeah. that. You will. I think you need to go just come become a therapist. Just go all the yeah. way and become a therapist because it goes deeper than that. It re- it really so really does. It really does. Like. You just be surprised how many things can truly shape your sexuality, like mm-hmm. your thought processes towards sex and touch and intimacy and mm-hmm. relationships. Like you can give them the roadmap, you can give them the region, the general area, but what is standing between them and that general area is whatever trauma, insecurities, fears, bad information, false mm-hmm. information, no information that they've gotten up until that point. All so of there's a big... got the culture, the subcultures within mm-hmm. the... Chad, we could talk forever and ever and ever about mm-hmm. it. But, um, I mean, it, it definitely... I've been waiting for this conversation with the sexologist, uh, but I, it is... I'll take I, it. I think, I'll take I think it. one of the misconceptions is men don't have those problems. Oh, because, yeah, that's a lie, and the truth ain't in. Because even the men who are pushed and coached into those situations, they're not, they somebody didn't hold their penis and put it in well. And right. something like with the, the men, I've been but, fucking since I was six years old. My first first girl I ever fucked was 18, and I was six. So you were raped you as doing? a child. Right, you were raped as a child, but you what were you really doing? You wasn't really doing anything. Doing you wasn't, you wasn't, wasn't you wasn't giving that child that, that adult pleasure. Right, you were just fulfilling a sick. Right. You was fulfilling a sick fantasy that that, that person had. But yeah. even that, like you wasn't doing nothing, boo. I yeah. had plenty of men talk about I was I was breaking backs when I was like eleven. No, you wasn't. But you didn't even know how to come real good. You if you were coming at that age. It, it felt real good to you, I'm sure. Yeah. But um yeah. So Listen, everybody, we've been talking so much, we ain't have an opportunity to sip cocktail first, but I promise you, we're going to make up <laughs> for it next water. week when we get the rest of our family back here. I don't know, maybe they got lost on the road, but it was good. They to probably get- watching. They probably, they probably, probably they couldn't handle this conversation. It's all good. This was the grown folks meeting in there. But anyway, y'all, this has been your fabulous feline, Auntie KK, and your good, mm-hmm. good next door neighbor, Nate. <laughs> been over here chatting and chewing, but we gotta go because mother said we got to. So. Oh, see you later. Out of here. We'll see y'all next week on the cocktail social. Until then, be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. Oh, I'm not that right back. Yes, dear. Yeah, Wear your mask. It's still real. It's very real. Oh my God, my my. Thank you.